All right. Okay. Okay. Let's fucking do it. Let's rock. This is Toxic Podcast Episode 2. I'm Alejandro Colini. I'm sorry. I'm in a little bit of a toxic mood. Uh, this is my podcast that I do alone. I would not wish this on anyone else where I consume and process toxic media, where I kind of discuss uh, what it is, what it means. Toxic media. That's a definition I came up with. My I, I like, I, Maybe I came up with myself. I hope no one else came up with it. Because I, I like to claim it as my own. Toxic media is any form of content, you know, like music, movies, television, books. It's just any form of content that it is genuinely taxing, like genuinely emotionally exhausting. Like it's a slog just to consume. Um, this, again, it's, it's, it's completely, uh, quality is not a factor in it. There are incredibly good pieces of toxic media. There are incredibly bad pieces of toxic media. I think we sort of think of toxic media as bad things, uh, bad movies, bad, oh God, I keep saying books. I keep hinting at the idea that I'm going to do a book episode and I just, I, I'm going to do it and you guys are going to, you guys are going to fucking love it. You're going to love it so much. Um, so last week, I apologize for last week's episode, it was beset by technical difficulties, which I hope this one won't be, uh, but I talked about, I'm, sh- I'm sure you all remember, because I'm sure you all listened, I talked about the movie Saw, uh, which is a pretty classic uh, entry point into the world of toxic media. What Saw is, is a pretty decent movie. Like, it's not a bad movie. I wouldn't say it's a great movie. I would, yeah, is it a good movie? Maybe it's a good movie. I don't know. This week, I'm talking about Saw 2. Uh, the second saw <laughs> it's it came out in 2005 which is right after you know it's that classic horror movie turnaround where people like the first horror movie and they're like let's make that second movie uh it's not directed by james wan i would argue i think it's better than the first saw and it also reminded me and i want to get into this a little more because the last episode i feel like all i did really was summarize the movie saw which is fine but we're talking about like a genuine phenomenon, phenomena? We're talking about like a genuine thing in our culture, which is that these these movies, these television shows, these books, these pieces of content are made that these the the skews of like what you get out of them, like what you're enjoying or like what the what form your enjoyment takes, it it has to exist in this like sort of in this gross uh I'm sorry, I, just actually, I, I can see, like, blood dripping in my mind and I can't describe it. These movies are, like, really something. Uh, again, I I don't want to repeat myself too much, but like a good Saw movie, I just got to gotta hit all my marks from my first Saw podcast. Uh, the first time I watched the Saw movies, it was the summer of 2015. I was in a very dark place. Uh, now I'm in a less dark place, a significantly less dark place, let's say. And uh, I just don't have quite the spirit for the for the misery that I had back when, uh, when I first watched these movies. So I, I, it's just, it's really, oh, it weighs on my soul. Saw 2 especially. This is such a weird, God, it's such an interestingly structured movie. And it's, it feels, oh, it just makes you feel, it's just, it, that's the thing. is like, why am I watching these movies? To feel sick? Why do people watch these movies? To feel, to like feel extreme? Whatever, I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's why, that's why I just jump into the summaries because I got nothing I goddamn say. So I got like, a bunch of notes about Saw 2. Um, we begin Saw 2. So Saw 1, you know, it's kind of, it's got, oh God, Saw, what a great, and what a great opening in Saw 1. You know, there's like that 17 minute scene in one room where it's the Dread Pirate Roberts and Lee Wan all kind of talking to each other, playing escape room. This is, you know, it's starting to follow the beats of a, a slasher movie a little more. So Saw 2 just begins with uh, like a static murder. It's just, we open, there's a guy, 
He's uh, wearing like a spiky mask. Well, the spiky mask is like around his shoulders. He's not wearing it yet, but there's spikes. Clearly the spikes are going to go into his face. He's, he's like in a dentist chair. And then, um, let me see. Uh, Billy the puppet shows up. I, did, I looked it up after my last podcast episode. It turns out that puppet is called Billy the puppet, which is a terrible name for a puppet, but that's fine. He's also not a puppet. I don't, I, what am I going to nitpick Billy the puppet? So the, the, the tape plays, Billy the Puppet, his head turns, like if, if you've ever seen a Saw movie, sometimes they play the tape recorder, like there's a cassette tape in their hand, they play it, and then sometimes they're tied to a chair, and Billy the Puppet shows up on a screen, and he turns his head towards the camera, <laughs> and he goes, Michael, I want to play a game. He goes, in, this is, I also, I just been, I, re- I wrote down a few of the bad lines of dialogue, it's the thing, you know, I'm a writer, and sometimes these things stick with me, and I just have to call them out. So one of the first lines of the movie is um, the Jigsaw Killer is sort of taunting Michael, and he goes, In what could loosely be described your life, you have survived by uh, snitching to... Uh, like, he, he doesn't say snitching, but he uses the phrase, What could loosely be called your life? And that's just such a dumb... It's so dumb. So he shows Michael the fact that hours earlier uh, he put a, a key behind his eye. Michael, the key to the spike mask is behind Michael's eye. And Michael has to, he has to key himself with a, uh, he has to key himself. He has to dig in his eye with a scalpel to get the key out, but he can't do it. He, and, oh God, see that's, I think what, one of the things that this movie, that the, that all these movies really get at, that like regular slasher movies don't, is the idea of the impossible decision. Like, it makes you think, what would I do if I had the spike mask on? Like, would I be able to dig into my eye? And, like, I honestly, I don't think I would be able to dig into my eye. I don't, I, I mean, I I want to think I would. Oh, God. But then what if you, there's a couple Saw movies where the guy, like, tries to dig into his eye, but then, like, also already, he just dies anyway. And that's such an insult to injury sort of thing. I hate for my last thought to be like, what? I dig into my eye. It's like, it's like, would you rather, it's like that stupid game, would you rather that kids played when they were like, you know, like, oh, would you rather get like a spiky, like plant shoved up your ass? Or would you rather have to like drink, drink, you know, diarrhea? Like it's always, it's always, you know, some, some sort of, uh, uh, unattractive <laughs> one or the other. Uh, there's actually a torture porn movie called would you rather that I'm probably not going to watch at least not for this podcast. Um, so the spike mask closes and, and, and Michael dies and he wasn't, I really shouldn't have spent this much time on him. He's not that, he's not really a part of the movie. Uh, and then of course I like to imagine, I love imagining the phrase police radio chatter on every screenplay ever, uh, because we fade out and then we fade in and, and we hear police radio chatter and, um, Donnie Wahlberg is the lead in this movie. Donnie Wahlberg begins the movie by picking up his son from, like, a small, like, booking, uh, like, Donnie Wahlberg is a cop, and his son has just been arrested for stealing. Uh, oh, he's another great line of dialogue. He goes, your mom gets to keep custody, and I get to take you into custody. (laughs) Which, like, that sounds like a Bob Hope joke, but, so it's, it's, they establish in the first couple of minutes of the movie, uh, that Donnie and his son have a really bad relationship, He's gotten a divorce from his wife, and it's like a, you know, it's a bad father-son, it's a classic bad father-son situation. Um, Donnie then, oh my god, I forgot about, 
there's there's some ways in which the Saw movies are directed that are effective and fun, and then there are some ways in which the Saw movies are directed that are dumb and lame. And uh, one of the one of the latter is that Donnie Wahlberg gets a phone call and then he walks out of frame into a different scene, like they like sort of CGI the transition so that he's like in his wow, what is where is he? I don't want I don't want to tell any tales out of school here, but. Uh, he, so he's, he walks into the crime scene frame with, um, uh, what is the character's name? I know the actress's name is Dina Meyer. Uh, Dina Meyer and Donnie Wahlberg, uh, are playing detectives Carrie and Matthews. Donnie Wahlberg is Eric Matthews. Oh, fuck. Carrie is her first name. Shit, what's her last name? What's that character's last name? I must know all of their names. They are so valuable as characters to me. Um... So they're looking at they're looking at uh, Michael at the spike mask, and then uh, Donnie Wahlberg and, and uh, Dina Meyer have kind of like a little back and forth. It's very episodic, the Saw franchise. Like these movies really do kind of feel like episodes of a network TV show. Maybe it's that they like increasingly sort of have this structure where they begin with the murder, and then we see the cops looking at the murder, and they go, "Oh, this is our guy." But um, Donnie Wahlberg is like storming away from the crime scene, and then Dina Meyer goes, "Look closer, Detective Matthews," and he turns and he goes, "What?" And she gestures towards the ceiling, and on the ceiling it says, look closer, Detective Matthews, which I'm cool with. I think that's fine. But then he's mad at her later on. They have this back and forth in the, in the office where it's also implied that they had an affair. They had an affair. Um, Dina Meyer and Donnie Wahlberg had an affair. It's not really well done, but it, like allegedly that is why their marriage got broken up. Okay, so we're moving at quite a clip through this movie. Look closer, Eric Matthews. Uh, so they do, now. next we cut to, um, well, of course, Donnie Wahlberg feels bad for yelling at his son. The son, uh, the, the, he like picks him up from jail and the son's like, I think I'm going to go to mom's house. And Donnie Wahlberg's like, then go! Um, and God, whew, parent drama. Don't I know it can be rough. Uh, so Donnie Wahlberg feels bad and he's calling his son. He can't get him on the phone trying to apologize. The next day, they go for a raid. Donnie Wahlberg kind of sits in on a raid. Uh, they finally found the Jigsaw Killer's lair. And because he's the Detective Matthews, the Jigsaw Killer was taunting. He wants to sort of be there and see him. And they, they go on in the raid. And um, this is where the movie starts. You know that like uh, that trope like of jokes where it's like, Kevin McAllister grew up to be the Jigsaw Killer. This, I would argue, is where that really kicks into high gear because Saw 2 is, like, all about, like, house full of traps. Like, first of all, when they go into the Saw Killer's lair, the staircase, like, shunks a guy's legs off. They've got to drag him out. They, like, the the metal bars become electrified or rather the mesh becomes electrified. Like, a bunch of dudes die just trying to get in. Finally, they get their way into the lair. They're like, freeze, freeze, freeze. Tobin Bell is sitting there in his immaculate, shiny, red and gold robe. I mentioned this last podcast. The robe is beautiful. He's just sitting there in his robe. He's eating, and he is drinking. Excuse me. Sorry, I had to uh, turn something off. He's eating. He's drinking. He's waiting for the police to show up. Uh, and, and finally they do, they see that he is inches from death. He's like hooked up to a machine. His, you'll remember he has inoperable cancer. Uh, in the last movie, uh, he was well enough to lie on the ground for the entire movie and then finally stand up at the end and say, game over, which sucks. In this movie, he can basically just sit in a chair. Uh, and, uh, God, what, what do I have to say about this? So, so they're like, oh, we got you. We, you're, you're done. And uh, of course, Donnie Wahlberg walks up to him and goes, 
is this close enough? Which everyone in this movie has done. But then uh, Tobin Bell's like, listen, you might, you should probably deal with something. Uh, look over there. And they go to this other room where they find an array of screens. And on the screens, they see that another game is in progress. Uh, there's seven, I believe it is seven people trapped in a house. And you can see them on all the screens. And one of them is Donnie Wahlberg's son. And so he, of course, does the, like, you've got my son thing. He has to be held back. And everyone's like, this is, wait, 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 this isn't productive. we got to play by his rules or whatever. Um, so then we go into the house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait. Oh, wait, wait. No, I have to wait. So so, so Jigsaw is like, Tobin Bell's like, they're all in that house, and there's gas eating their insides, and they're all going to bleed from their insides to death. I should mention the uh, poster for Saw 2, the tagline is, oh, yes, there will be blood. I think it might predate the movie There Will Be Blood. But um, this is, I just got to say, this is one of the funniest things I've experienced in any horror movie. I know last week I talked about the keys and I still know what you did last summer, but um, Donnie Wahlberg calls Danny's cell phone, his son Danny, he calls his son's cell phone <laughs> and he gets, it goes to voicemail and Jigsaw re-recorded the voicemail. So Donnie Wahlberg calls his son and it goes to voicemail and it goes, hello, this is Danny's phone. He can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> Oh, really good bit. Really good bit, Jigsaw. Um, so now we cut into the house. God, it's like a beautiful little frame. It's like a pre-movie, and then you go into the room. So you got your classic strangers in a room. There's like seven people in the room. Um, God, uh, there's like Danny, the little boy. There's like a nervous dude in a suit. Uh, there's Xavier. There's Jonas. Um, there is uh, Addison Cordray. One of the characters is for some reason named Addison Cordray, Laura Hunter, Obi. I don't know why I'm describing them by their names. Well, whatever, whatever. Um, oh, oh, and Shawnee Smith is there. Shawnee Smith, Amanda Young, one of the Jigsaw Killer survivors. She wakes up and everyone is in the room kind of like, oh my God, what's going on? Where are we? I don't know. I'm kind of freaked out. I feel like we've been kidnapped. Shawnee Smith, when she wakes up, she starts screaming and screaming and screaming because she knows exactly what's going on. And that's very effective. Like, it's very unsettling and you feel awful for her. Uh, and like, Danny's like, what's going on? And she's like, it's the jigsaw killer. Uh, he like, he, he teaches us lessons by, with games. I survived him, but like, I haven't been being good to myself. And she like, it flashes back. Like the first time he took her because she was a drug addict. The second time he took her because she's been self-harming. And again, I don't mean to beat this drum. Self-harming doesn't make you a bad person in the same way that identity theft and, uh, you know, I mean, also being a drug addict. I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, the Jigsaw Killer is a classic. He's one of your classic, uh, someday a real rain's going to come and wipe the scum off the streets. Like, he, he doesn't understand, you know, he's, uh, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not, am I going to say, he's not woke. He's not, sorry, I'm sorry. We can move on. So they're all in the room. <laughs> And uh, Amanda Young, so she, so Amanda Young, she's like begins exploring the room because, you know, it's an escape room. Uh, and she finds a cassette tape and the cassette tape, of course, it goes, it's like, hey, hey, dicks, what, what up, bros? You're all in this room. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you unless you get out. Sorry, I'm, why am I being an idiot like this? The, the Jigsaw Killer's like, listen, you're all trapped in the house. Uh, there's a poison gas eating your insides, and there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of antidotes hidden throughout the house. 
that you can get, but you're going to have to like work together and you're all going to have to figure out what you have in common. You remember the Tokyo subway attacks? That's the kind of gas I'm using. That's which is such a weird line of exposition. I don't know if that was for us, but I don't remember the Tokyo subway attacks. Maybe I should. I'm sorry. Um, what is, oh, oh. And then of course he, there's one cryptic clue that if I were, there's a lot of like clue stuff. X marks the spot. The, 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 there's a safe in the room. The first antidote is in the safe. The combination is in the backs of your minds, which if I just want to say, we're going to come back to that later. But if I were one of these people, that's the first thing I would go for. So the tape, uh, you don't. Okay. So they also find a key. Oh my God. They find a key and the key says, don't use this key on the door. And Xavier, who Xavier immediately, um, he, he uh, what's the word? He uh, establishes himself as the sort of antagonist within the house. Like, you know, anytime it's a group trapped in a house and they have to work together, there's one guy in the group who's like, I'm going to do this myself. I don't need you guys. Like, I, this is all about me. I'm just trying to get myself out. And Xavier embodies that to a T. So he's like, man, fuck this. This is a game. I don't, you think we're supposed to believe this guy just because he says don't use the key on the door? And the other guy, the nervous guy in the suit, he's like looking through the keyhole while Xavier turns the key. We pan through the door, see that there's a revolver pressed up against the keyhole. He turns the key. The revolver shoots the guy in the head. And Amanda Young, she says, everyone freaks out. And Amanda Young says, he's testing us. He wants us to survive this, but we have to play by the fucking rules. So you always have to remember in these Jigsaw movies that... The claim these movies are making is that the Jigsaw Killer wants you to survive this. I should also mention, it's possible that my friends are going to return home to the apartment. I will have to abruptly stop recording and restart at some point. Just giving you a heads up. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But I don't want you to be super jarred if it does. Um, the, I love that rule shit. I don't believe it, though. I gotta say, I think Jigsaw Killer doesn't want people to live. I think he wants them to die. I'm sorry. Um, so, so Jigsaw, we cut back to Jigsaw's lair where he's got Donnie Wahlberg kind of invested in a game. He goes, I want to play a game, make everyone leave this area and just me and you are going to talk. Um, there's, yeah, yeah. So we had an affair with Dina Meyer. Uh, oh my God. And then there's this dumb, this part of it becomes so dumb. He explains that the Jigsaw piece he takes from his victims has nothing to do with the fact that the fucking media calls him Jigsaw. He's like, the media, the police, they call me Jigsaw. I take a jigsaw piece from my victims to signify that they aren't whole. So we're cutting back and forth between this conversation, which is like, it's a very, it's very like teenage philosophy, the conversation that Jigsaw has with Donnie Wahlberg. He's like, he's kind of delivering his manifesto about how like people don't really have the will to survive. And like, he's trying to make Donnie Wahlberg feel all like weird and like guilty about philosophy. Meanwhile, we go back to the house. So the, the, the folks trapped in the house are exploring the house. Oh, God, the folks trapped in the house are exploring the house. I'm a writer, goddammit. They come upon this room with a big furnace in the middle of the room, and they play the tape recorder. And this is actually, God, see, this is when I start thinking maybe Saw 2 is better than Saw 1. Maybe it's the best Saw movie. I don't know. We'll have to wait for next week when I do Saw 3. That's right. I'm doing Saw 3 next week, motherfuckers. Um, God, I hope this episode hasn't been plagued by the same technical difficulties the previous one has uh, was. But, um... So they, they play this tape recorder. This is what I love about this. Uh, the tape recorder goes, Obi, hey, uh, thanks for helping me kidnap everyone else. <laughs> now you have to climb into a furnace to get the two antidotes in the furnace. And that is a, such a good reveal that one of the people trapped in the room also helped abduct everyone else. In the, so they're all like, hey, 
Yeah, wait a second, I remember you. You, fuck you, dude, you abducted me. So, of course, they're like, listen, we're all going to kill you unless you get in the fucking furnace. And Obi's like, oh, he's like, oh, all dark. He's like a, like a scraggly fellow. He's like, all oh, morbid about it. And he's like, he, he's like, oh, I don't, he kind of is like, I don't give a fuck about anything. Um, who does he look like? He looks like a worst case scenario DJ Qualls. Ha ha ha. Ah, we have fun here. So Obi climbs into the furnace and he pulls one of the antidotes off of a string. They're like, they're, they're little syringes. He pulls one of the syringes down from where it's dangling from the top of the furnace. Then he pulls the other syringe down, but the other syringe is attached to a chain. It pulls the f- furnace closed and the furnace catches, like it just bursts into flames. Which here, I want to just say, he wants us to survive. How do you, what, the furnace closed and set him on fire, dude. He also like didn't want you to get the antidotes. There's no real, so like then we go into this, this is something I discussed last last podcast as well about the nature of screaming and how like screaming is kind of devalued if it's just like, it's just this cacophonous hell noise. It's just like, then, there, you know, we, we it's a three minute scene where this guy burns to death and everyone in the room is just like, oh my God, Jesus, do something, God. And he's like, he's making these like horrible yelping noises. And eventually they like break the window on the other side of the furnace and he like bursts out of the window and he's like yowling. And he's, oh God, it's it's just horrifying. It's just a horrible thing to, to experience that, that I chose to experience. So he doesn't, he doesn't get the antidotes. Uh, <laughs> and, um, it's kind of, God, he, none of, no one gets their fucking antidotes. This is such a nihilistic movie. It's such a, Jesus, it's such a toxic movie. Toxic podcast. I got to write myself a little jingle for toxic podcast, don't I? So meanwhile, the Jigsaw Killer is explaining how he became the Jigsaw Killer. He's t- talking about his origin story. Um, and I kind of agree with, I want to be clear about one thing. I don't agree with the Jigsaw Killer about his overall lessons. I don't agree with the Jigsaw Killer that, you know, you got to cut off your hand in order to prove that you want to live. But I do think he's got a point with the idea that, like, life is so finite. And because of that, part of the only way we can travel through this world without existing in, like, constant screaming terror of death is by pretending that we're never going to die to ourselves. Like, you know... The, the the thing that allows me to sit around jerking off and watching movies instead of, uh, I don't know, climbing a mountain or, I don't know, why would I climb a mountain? See, that thing is like, it feels like if you were really aware of how how irrefutable death is, you would just kind of be paralyzed by that. I'd be like, how do I make the most of my time? But instead what we do is we waste our time and we think about how much we hate our time and we go, oh, I wish it were Friday. Meh. That, you know, the my work, you know, we're uh, like... And, ah, God, cosmically, like, sometimes I just feel like life is hell. Like, it's not our fault. It's just, like, being, existing and being, like, having developed a brain where we know what we're doing to this extent. We're still idiots, but, like, it's just hell. And I'm sorry, I know that I was complaining about the Jigsaw Killer being, like, a little teenage philosopher, and then I promptly got my notebook out of my backpack and told you what I'd been cooking up while I wasn't paying attention in science class, you know, third period, but... But yeah, maybe we could all use a little bit more Jigsaw in our lives. So in any case, the Jigsaw Killer, he tells the story of how he find out, he find out, he found out that he has uh, inoperable cancer and he tries to kill himself. He drives his car off a cliff, but he survives. And there's this incredible scene where he drags himself out of the wreckage and he's got a metal pole just completely shoved through him. Like he's goddamn, you know, Superman in Batman versus Superman at the end with the, with the, with the, the with the kryptonite spear. You'll, we'll talk about it. 
and he just rips the pole out of himself. Uh, and then, uh, let me see. The, well, the next, I'm going through my notes, and my notes at this point are kind of taking an issue with jump cuts. I'm just wondering if, if I'm using the correct word for, there's a certain, sorry for uh, nudging the screen there. There's a certain tactic that the direction uses that's like this very fast, like, it feels like fast forward in a little bit, but it's clearly like, maybe it's jump cutting. I don't know. Do you, did you listen to this for film, for film stuff? Whatever, whatever. I'm sorry. Okay. So they go into the next room. They're, 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 they're in the house. They're walking through the halls. Xavier breaks down the door and everyone's like, I don't think you should do that, dude. I don't think you should break down the door. And he's like, fuck this. I'm doing it for myself. He gets into his room. It's his room. It's Xavier's room. And there is, oh my God, I got to. I want to give this scene its moment. Jesus, I thought this podcast would be so much shorter, but instead it's so long. I spend so long talking about these movies. Um, this is one of the most disturbing scenes, like, in any movie. I'm so glad we got here so soon in terms of the toxic podcast theme, because this is exactly what I'm talking about. My cousin Ivan once brought this up. He couldn't even remember what movie it was from. He just said it was one of the worst things he'd ever seen. I've heard people talk about it before. I remember when I was a kid, before I had even seen any of these movies like more experienced kids would tell this story at like in the same way that in other eras kids would tell campfire stories i remember like hearing about the saw films but um in xavier's room it's like xavier you were a drug dealer and now you're gonna have to stick yourself with needles i don't like again i don't remember the monologue but in any case the um the room is gonna like there's a, like an an antidote behind a locked door and there's a timer, there's three minutes on the clock, uh, and the and the key to the locked door is in this pit filled with needles, like filled with syringes. And um, Tobin Bell, the jigsaw killer, is like, you gotta get in that pit, man, and get those, get that key, dude. But of course, because Xavier is evil, he picks up Shawnee Smith, Amanda Young, and drops her in the pit. And again, just screaming and screaming and screaming. And she's like, <coughs> she's like swimming in the needles and they're sticking out of her skin and she's like swatting them. And like, you, you know, it's, there is a, a moment where it gets to a sort of uncanny valley point where you go like, oh, this isn't happening because it would be so much more grotesque than this. But it still is just like fucking skin crawling. And again, like the screaming... It's like, I remember like when I used to write more and I should write more again because I'm one of this uh, generation's greatest up and coming writers. <laughs> but I remember when you write an argument, how you kind of can't write too realistic of an argument because it's not fun for an audience to genuinely hear two people like yelling at each other, like really fucking going at each other. So like arguments have to kind of be done artfully. And that's like what I feel about these Saw movies too, is that like, yes, fully, if a woman were screaming and like swimming around in a vat full of needles, everyone in the room would be fucking freaking out. But as a viewer, I just can't be screamed at for that long. So God, oh my God, oh God. So Amanda Young, she does, and it's another one of these horribly like ineffectual, like miserable sort of endings where like she's just in the fucking needles. They're sticking out, like they're sticking out of her arms. They're just she's like she's like stuck full of needles, and she grabs the key and throws it up onto the floor. And Xavier tries to open the door, and he can't open it in time, and it was completely pointless. And Danny, Donnie Wahlberg's son, drags her out of the the needles and she's just lying there on the ground just like howling in pain and xavier kind of like he gives that does that thing of like uh, i realize what i've done and how horrible it is and i can't really deal with that so i'm just going to storm out of the room 
So next they realize that they've all been in jail, which they should have figured out. Jesus, they really should have fucking figured that out right away. They're like, we've all been in jail. And then they say to Danny, they go, have you been in jail? And for some reason, Danny lies. And I think at the end, I sort of understand why he, I don't, I don't understand why he lies. I don't. I think it's bad movie making. I think it's a plot hole. What you call your big old plot hole. So, uh, um, yeah, Donnie Wahlberg is trying to figure out how to, like, break uh, Jigsaw. He's, like, destroying all his papers. He threatens to destroy all his work. But what happens instead is, is Jigsaw breaks Donnie Wahlberg. And he, like, uh, it turns out that, <coughs> God, it turns out that Donnie Wahlberg is, like, a crooked and a brutal cop. He's been, like, horribly violent to, like, just, you know, people he's had interactions with through the course of his policing career. He's planted evidence. He's tampered with evidence. And everyone in the house, other than his son was put in jail by him tampering with evidence. Which is a real cool reveal, in my in my opinion. It also, there's a lot of stakes now in terms of them not discovering that the son is the son. So Xavier, they've all been, like, coughing up blood. And, like, Laura Hunter, uh, the, she really has very little to do because at around the earlier on in the movie, she sort of falls to the ground and barely gets up. Um, Jonas is coughing up an amount of blood that, like, you know, they're all, like, hunting for these antidotes, but really, I, I, Jonas coughs up an amount of blood and, like, something thick. Like, it looks like he's coughing up organs. And, like, really, like, if you get the antidote, what what's it going to do if you've coughed up your organs? But, but you know, they're all kind of wandering around, and um, Xavier, some of them are doing better than others. Xavier is less beset upon by the poison gas. Amanda Young is less less affected by the poison gas. Danny, for some reason, I think this. I don't think it's there's a good reason other than the necessities of the plot. But um, I just want to make clear that like some people are almost dead, some people are very almost fine. Uh, Xavier finally switches to like I am a murderer mode. He realizes that uh, on the backs of everyone's necks are numbers to the com- that's the combination of the safe, right? Which is what they should have immediately done is looked at the backs of their necks, but that's fine. So he takes a spiked bat and he starts hunting them through the house, which is great. Um, he murders Jonas. He gets his number. Um, Laura, oh my God, Laura, there's this incredibly sad scene where Laura has a seizure on the ground and just, and oh, and like coughs up something yellow and dies. And he gets the number on the back of her neck. And now the only remaining survivors are uh, Danny, Amanda, and Addison Cordray. Again, I don't know why the filmmakers made this character's name Addison Cordray, but um, Donnie Wahlberg, meanwhile, has reached the end of his rope and he beats the shit out of Jigsaw. He's just like almost killing Jigsaw and Jigsaw's like, fine, game over. I'll take you. I'll take you to where it is. This is so cool. This is so cool. It's so dumb. It's so cool. There's like a secret lever. Donnie Wahlberg pulls. He escapes from all the police. The, the, the little room that they're in separate from the others in the lair becomes an elevator and it's like a secret passageway. And Donnie Wahlberg and Tobin Bell drive out to the house where this is occurring. Meanwhile, Xavier has hunted Danny and uh, and Amanda through the house. Alice, Addison Cordray has entered this room. Oh, it's so fucking sickening. This room, it's like a box with an antidote in it, and you reach your arms through the box, but you've reached your arms through this, like, mirror, these mirror shards, and when you try to pull your arms back down, the shards cut your wrists, and you can't get your arms out, and you bleed to death from your wrists. Oh, God, it's disgusting. And, um... They, the, uh, Jesus Christ. So, 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 um, 
the reveal, there's a reveal. They eventually find a picture and, and it's revealed that Danny, it's, it kind of feels pointless at this point to even mention. Yes, they find out that Danny is Donnie Wahlberg's son and they're all really mad at him. But Amanda Young is like, she's like, you know, she's just a good person. She's going to save him. So they're, they're running, they're running. They get back into the original room. They've barricaded the door and Xavier is trying to beat down the door and kill them and get their numbers. They get down uh, uh, into a trap door. Amanda discovers a trap door. And now they're in what is clearly the underground sewer system from the first movie. And they are fleeing through the sewer system. And they end up in literally the bathroom from, God, they end up literally in the bathroom from Saw 1. And there's like Lee Wannell's corpse over there. And there's uh, Zepp Hindle's corpse over there. And Z- Xavier chases them into the room. And Amanda Young is like, when you kill us, who's going to tell you what number is on the back of your head? And then the theme swells. You know, you'll remember it from last time. Dun, 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 Because the climax of the movie always has to involve like a big act of self-mutilation. In the last movie, Carrie Elwes, sorry, the Dread Pirate Roberts, he cut off his own foot. In this movie, Xavier slices off a large amount of the back of his neck uh, to get his own number. And then we cut away. Maybe I just wasn't paying that much attention because at this point, um, at this point I started receiving emails and phone calls from my parents about a, a familial dispute, which was very intense. And I, I, I would be a liar if I said it didn't influence the last 20 minutes of my viewing of the movie. Um, it, it, even, even just now I received a phone call and, and guys, I gotta say, I, uh, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Not today, parents. I'm recording my podcast about toxic media. I'm not going to let myself be sad. Uh, (laughs) Oh, wow. So I don't remember exactly how we get here, but Donnie Wahlberg enters the house and he goes all the way down into the bathroom where we just were with these other characters. It used to be well lit. Amanda Young was there. His son, Danny was there. This time there's no one there, but there's something in the bathtub and the light is off and he's walking through the fucking bathroom with the light off and he's all spooked. And then suddenly out of the bathtub comes pig mask who is, you know, it's any number of people, but it's the, the when the saw killer is abducting people, the jigsaw killer that he wears a pig mask. So the pig mask comes out, the pig mask injects him with a syringe. He blacks out. We cut back to saw's lair jigsaws. I'm sorry. I keep calling him saw. His name is not saw. His name is jigsaw. We cut back to Jigsaw's lair. The timer goes off. There's been a timer going off this whole time that everyone assumed was for, like, the deaths of the people in the house. But when the timer finally goes off, this safe opens, and Danny is inside the safe. And the fucking... The score swells. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. And it turns out all the shit that had been happening on the screens happened well in the past. And for the entire period of time that Donnie Wahlberg and the Jigsaw Killer have been having their little tete-a-tete, a live Danny has just been in the safe. And the game the Jigsaw Killer was trying to play with Donnie, like, if he, Donnie Wahlberg, had just sat there throughout the game... The safe would have opened and his son would have been there and he would have been able to take the Jigsaw Killer into custody. But the Jigsaw Killer knew him so well, knew that he wouldn't be able to resist beating him up and being like, take me to the house. He takes him to the house. The fucking dude, the the pig mask, you know, um, injects him with a syringe. He wakes up. Now he's chained in the room. He fucking, he's got a tape recorder. He presses play and it's Amanda Young's voice. Amanda Young who was in the house as one of the victims is secretly the second jigsaw killer. And she shows up at the door of the room and she's wearing this like beautiful, like 
cool jigsaw killer outfit. Like she's, it's like she's an X Men first class or something. And and it, it, there's just like this realization that like, oh my god, that he's been tricked, and this was all to get him into the room. That it's like all he had to do was not be himself. And then Amanda Young says game over, which again is the worst last line of these movies ever. And once again, she closes the door and the end credits roll over Donnie Wahlberg shrieking in the dark. And it is so fucking cool. My God. That, oh, it's great. I, Jesus. I didn't feel this way at the end of the last one. I felt exhausted. Maybe these movies are just going to reveal me for the sick monster I am. The, the fact that the, the, the amount of moving pieces that occur, that just the... The fact that they get back into the same room and that you think, and this trick gets really old. They do it in almost every movie going forward. But the thing where like one thing happened well before something else, it's just such a beautiful, it's so beautiful. And they are, I got to say, it's decent screenwriting because for most of the movie, uh, the cops like Dina Meyer and the other cops, they keep saying like, when are those techs going to get here? Jesus, we got to get the techs to run some diagnostics on these computers. Like, it's clear that no one on the SWAT team is capable of figuring out the computers to the degree that they would understand that what they're seeing happened already. Ugh. Wow. So that's Saw 2. I've summarized it. I Again, I think that just summarizing a movie is a little bit thin. Last time I thought of a Saw trap for myself. This time, God... What do I want to do? Maybe, so last time I was, uh, do I, is this going to be fully my transition to being the Jigsaw Killer? Let's, what's like a good, now, okay, yeah, you know what, now I'm the Jigsaw Killer, and uh, I'm going to design a trap, because I also have been talking about like the ethics of the Jigsaw Killer, how he's this weird, he's one of these weird serial killers who has all these like moralistic, like like Puritan sort of idiotic stuff, whatever. But <clears throat> let's say I'm going to, I'm going to pick someone who really deserves to die. Well, there's, uh, no, this is <laughs> Jesus Christ. What am I talking about? Um, I was going to pick like a white collar criminal. I'm sure they do that. I'm sure that they do that in jigsaw movies where it's like your hedge fund made everyone homeless. How do I want to get out? What would be a good, end? well, first of all, I'm going to start releasing these. So if you want to send me your suggestions, suggestions of toxic media, suggestions for segments, if you want to tell me to stop doing this to myself because it's probably not healthy, I, I'll probably keep doing it, but it'll be nice to hear that people care about me. Um, let me see. Alejandro Collini, you uh, think you think you're hot stuff because you're recording a podcast about my, my movies, but now, oh, well now, whoa. Maybe I'll have to. Maybe I'll have to send in a pitch. Maybe I'll write the ninth Saw movie, and it takes place Wes Craven's new nightmare style outside of. Oh, it. God, this is such a dumb idea. I'm so. I'm so dumb. I'm such a dumb man. I'm a. I'm a man who is so dumb. But I do. I've got a big smile on my dumb face because of. Uh, I'm always. I'm such a big fan of meta, and it's such a dumb thing like Wes Craven's new nightmare style to just be like, what about a Saw movie that takes place in a world where the Saw movies exist? I'd be so down with that. Isn't Human Centipede 2 kind of like that? I'm not. Don't worry, guys. I'm not going to watch Human Centipede 2. Uh, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Well, any cl- in any case, excuse me, in any case, this has been Toxic Podcast. I am Alejandro Collini. Next week, we're doing Saw 3. And then, hey, don't worry, guys. I'm not going to do another Saw movie after that. It'll be something 
you know, still toxic, but more quote unquote fun. So in any case, stay toxic. Nope, that's not the catchphrase. In any case, keep on rocking in the free world. Nope, not the catchphrase. In any case, don't, uh, mom, stop reading my Twitter. In any case, uh, yeah, no, that's the good one. That's a good one. Mom, stop reading my Twitter. Have a, have a nice, uh, day, everyone. Jesus.